Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. When I asked Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, what he wants to call today's program, he said simply, testing time. Wow, is it ever. But I have a feeling that the test we're all taking is much more than about keeping a deadly disease at bay. Lincoln, am I right? Well, yeah, you figured out my editorial <laughs> style. I like double meanings yes. and, or yes. layered meanings. Yes. When you talk about testing nowadays, it's testing something that I haven't even had opportunity to do. But, you know, we're all very conscious of the theoretical, if not actual, need to test, because then we'll, it takes away some of the uncertainty. Right. But I'm using it in a larger sense, because on religious liberty, I do think, while the risk of dying is significant, but, you know, not on the level of the 1918 flu yet, and certainly mm -hmm. not the Black Death or anything, the most present risk that I see is in efforts to restrict the pandemic, there's a time of test on how important is our religious faith? Hmm. How important is it to practice my religion? Hmm. You know, I'm being tested now because for Christians, particularly reading the New Testament, in the words of Jesus about a time of trouble, he says a time will come such as never was since there was a people. And then he said, I think ominously, he says, unless those days be shortened, no one will survive. And when his disciples says, you know, tell us when these things will be, you know, the end of the age and so on. And as a prelude to the final persecution, which I think anyone that reads the Bible knows is promised, as a prelude to that, Jesus says there'll be wars and desolations and disease and pestilence. These are clearly the types of things that will accomplish or will bring about a final test, a spiritual confrontation between good and evil. And uh, I think while this may not be the final one, it's a very good time, given how much it's already shaken the world order. It's a very good time for us to look at ourselves and, and realize that we're being tested and how are we responding? Is this strengthening our faith? Is it strengthening our resolve? to uh, stand firm in our worship of the Lord, to uh, continue to reach out to our neighbors, to do not the things that we used to do, because life has changed and, and restricted in many ways. Mm -hmm. But we cannot allow faith and faith practice to be restricted. Sometimes I even think, Lincoln, that COVID-19 is sucking the love out of people. Have you noticed that at all? Well, now you're giving me an angle for one of my editorials. I mentioned... <laughs> something that is very true, and whether it was pre-planned, I, I think, hope not. But, you know, under certain regimes, most particularly the Soviet Union, and the dictatorship of the people in preparation for pure communism, mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> that was the theory of, of, of the whole communist world. And thinking about how that communist system operated, I remember being very taken by reading uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn about the gulags and the, oh, yes. the treatment oh, yes. that was handed out to the dissidents. And a standard protocol in dealing with dissidents was to isolate them from uh, family and friends and, and other 
similarly inclined people, often physically in solitary confinement, other times sending them to the far reaches of a country that might as well be on the far side of the moon. It was to create in an individual a sense of social distance. Because we are social creatures and people wither and die ideologically and emotionally if they're not connected to other people. And I know what is going to come from the social distancing. It will break down the social conventions that make up civilization as we know it. Hmm. It makes people very compliant. It breaks down the trust where you start to see everybody as a potential danger. They're, They're carrying germs that may kill you. I think this is the most dangerous thing that we're a part of at the moment, and it cannot end well. It strengthens the hands of despotisms and the state control of the destiny of the individual, and it dehumanizes the individual. Lincoln, how can you say that? Because we've got Facebook, we've got Instagram, we've got all these Skype and all these things for... It remains to be seen how that will go, but Mm. I I think it's an artificial uh, familiarity. There you go, there you go. It's a tool that's powerful, but I don't believe it substitutes for human interaction. Absolutely not, absolutely not. And uh, people have forgotten, I hope they've forgotten, but it was shocking at the time that when... uh, Romania fell, Nicolae Ceausescu. You know, they were breeding children to be organs of the state, so they took them away from their parents, and they were in uh, great institutions where they uh, often, for years on end, up to 12 years old, didn't even have human companionship and and a touch from from a caregiver. They were physically and mentally stunted in an amazing fashion. Mm -hmm. So we do need human interaction and i don't think myself that the computer quite satisfies that now it gives message communication and in fact much of the computer is negative because even our president leads the way on this you can get away with extreme nastiness yes you can (laughs) online that you wouldn't dare do face to face so there's it's not warm fuzzies online it's it's communication but not empathetic reinforcement that we humans need. And and I think the social distancing is most toxic to be uh, paralleled by uh, face masks, more indoor dwelling, things that in themselves, along with the social distancing, will debilitate the immune system. I think that there is a baby in Bethlehem who would grow up and agree with you 100%. It's not enough to send that letter. It's not enough to give that vision or that dream. It's not enough to speak from the top of a mountain. You got to show up and you got to press the flesh, man. Absolutely. into this job 20 years ago now, uh, it wasn't too long, only a few months and the 9-11 emergency hit and it was sort of a wake up at that time that we're at a late stage in this history. There are great threats, great shifts to societal attitudes on religion and security and I went to a book that, that is a compilation of writings by Ellen G. White 
a visionary pioneer of the Adventist Church. There was evidence that I see that she was being used as a, as a mouthpiece for communications from divine uh, agencies. In 1992, the Seventh Adventist Church collected some of these statements of hers into a book called Last Day Events. And I'm certain that they did it because 1992 was the first Gulf War. That was a, a, a rather startling development where a whole league of nations, no pun intended, got together and invaded the cradle of civilization. Yes. You know, Iraq's not just Saddam's homeland. That's Ur of the Chaldees and all yes. the rest. Right. It goes way, way back. I made a resolution right up till the present almost that every time I spoke publicly, I would share a quote from that book. And I want to do that on this program. And the very first quote that's in chapter one, page one of this book is this. She said, the present is a time of overwhelming interest to all living. That's indisputable today. Mm -hmm. Rulers and statesmen, men who occupy positions of trust and authority, thinking men and women of all classes, have their attention fixed upon the events taking place about us. They are watching the relations that exist among the nations. They observe the intensity that is taking possession of every earthly element, and they recognize that something great and decisive is about to take place, that the world is on the verge of a stupendous crisis. That's wow. a powerful quote. And then she says this too, the calamities by land and sea, the unsettled state of society, the alarms of war are portentous. In other words, have meaning. They forecast approaching events of the greatest magnitude. The agencies of evil are uniting or combining their forces and consolidating. They are strengthening for the last great crisis. Great changes are soon to take place in our world. And the final movements will be rapid ones. That's true. Things are happening. It, to me, it's exciting because I love history and, and current events and, and things that used to take a decade or two to work out now happen from one news cycle to the other. Mm -hmm. And I do think part of it is the computerization and the linkage that, that is provided. It doesn't take weeks for uh, knowledge to go from one place of the world to the other. It's moments. Seconds. Before we go any further, when did she write those words, Lincoln? When did she write them? 1914. 1914. World War I. <laughs> Man. <laughs> and of course, that was the Great War. And yes. it's pretty easy in the modern era to see that as when things fell apart. Yeah. I mean, there's been uh, improvements of living standards, certainly after World War II. But structurally, yeah. and as far as the state of mind that civilization had, it really has never recovered from that. It, it broke a lot of things that are getting worse and worse, but can be traced back to World War I. Here's a quote that's from the great controversy. Ellen White says, Before his crucifixion, the Savior explained to his disciples that he was to be put to death and to rise again from the tomb, and angels were present to impress his words on minds and hearts. But the disciples were looking for temporal deliverance from the Roman yoke, and they could not tolerate the thought that he in whom all their hopes centered should suffer an ignominious death. Way too many Christians in the United States particularly are looking for a sort of a mythical grand moment when this righteous nation will establish faith and, and prosperity. But that's not what the Bible predicts. And she says the words which they needed to remember were banished from their minds. And when the time of trial came, it found them unprepared. The death of Jesus as fully destroyed the hopes as if he had not forewarned them. And I hope that 
as we come to this testing time, this moment of truth again, others to follow, I'm sure, that we don't fall into that same uh, problem as the disciples did. We've been told, Daniel and Revelation in particular in the Bible, outline quite specifically events at the very end of time before the triumphal return of Jesus Christ. But it's easy to be so disillusioned that we just quite forget what was told and what was written. Hmm. Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, words of wisdom for us today. We have a lot of words of wisdom and images to look at and sounds to hear also at libertymagazine.org. Check it out, listener. You'll find good information there as well. Lincoln, you always have an encouraging message for us, uh, even in discouraging times, and we appreciate that. Thank you so much, Lincoln. Always a pleasure. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Lincoln Steed inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call 443 443- 391-7258 or email us through our website at libertymagazine.org Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. <laughs>